Ooh, a step of the... All right, well, welcome back to uh, A Step Further. I really hope that you guys are enjoying these podcasts, and I just want to thank our new subscribers for subscribing and um, joining in. This week, we're going to be in Matthew 7, and I'm going to start with the 24th verse. So if you want to, if you have your Bible and you want to go there, that would be awesome. I'm reading out of the NASB today, so the New American Standard. Um this week we talked about power and authority, and we talked about how God gave man authority, but he didn't, just because he gave him authority, didn't mean he gave him power. Um, and we can kind of go back into the garden and see a little bit about what that was about. So, and really, I mean, if we're really truly diving into it, we can kind of see then um, where man kind of tried to take power into his own hands. So, Um, Genesis one, we can see the creation of all things. And then when God created man, he said, uh, let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the air, you know, all of the animals and and everything that was, was being created. God gave man dominion over those things. And then when you go into Genesis two, it says that, um, you know, God created man and he put breath in him and gave him life. And then he placed him in this garden that he had, had built or had cultivated in the, the East in Eden. So you kind of get to see where Adam comes into play, Adam and Eve. And then, you know, God told them, so here's a couple things you are to keep the garden and cultivate it. So you are to tend to it and keep it. But there's some contingencies here. So you have two trees, two important trees. One is the tree of life. You eat from it, man, you'll be able to live forever. No problem. So this is God giving man the power that he needs to have life and have it abundantly. Then he says, there's this other tree over here. If you eat from it, it's the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But if you eat from it, you're surely going to die. So this one tree over here will give you life. You know, trust in me because this tree over here is going to give you life. But if you decide to take matters into your own hands and you eat from this tree over here, the knowledge of good and evil, then you will certainly die. Well, I mean, the devil, since the beginning of time, the devil has really been trying to separate us. We talked about this last week. The devil has really been trying to separate us from God. Why has he been trying to separate us from God? Because God is our source of power. You know, so we talked about the tzitzit and the the blue cord and, and the tassels and the cutting of the tassels, the cutting of Samson's hair and how he lost his strength because he cut his tzitzit off or Delilah did rather. But that blue cord representing the power of the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus that, you know, you think about um, going back to that blue cord, you think about the, the veins in your body and, you know, we think that blood is red because when it when it, when we get a cut or whatever, and blood is exposed to oxygen, it turns red, but inside it's not. And so we have, that's why our, our veins look blue, but you think about the blue veins that run through your body and think about how that blue cord represents, uh, you know, the veins carry the blood. Think about how that blue cord represents a vein, sort of that, that spiritual vein and that vein 
of the Holy Spirit, that vein of that we we gain because we have we are covered with the blood of Jesus. We've been saved and we've been baptized into into Jesus, into you know the the family and. Because we have the blood, because we have the spirit, we have this power. And so you think about that, that how the devil then wants to get in and he wants to cut you from that power. He wants to cut you from that source of your power. He knows the source of your power. And so what he's done from the very beginning of time is to try and deceive man out of his own power. Because his own power comes from Jesus and God. And if he's one with Jesus, then he's one with the Father and Again, you know, it goes back to, we talked about, uh, Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he says, apart from me, you can't do anything. So we do need Jesus and Jesus is not only our savior, but he is our Lord. And because he's our Lord, you know, the Bible says we should take up our cross and follow him daily. Uh, we should be willing to sacrifice. We should be willing to step out on faith, you know, stepping out on faith and all that isn't for um, just pastors and, and preachers and, and prophets and whoever, um, it's actually for everybody, everybody, Jesus said, everybody who wants to be my disciple should, and who wants to follow me should take up his cross daily and follow me. And he says, because if you seek life, you'll certainly lose it. If you try to seek after your own life, you'll certainly lose it. But if you are willing to lose your life, you actually are going to save it. So that's what he's telling us is that we need to be able to step out on faith. All who are called to be Christian, all who are called to be uh, Christ followers are people who they have to step out on faith. You know, it, it might seem scary. It might seem uncomfortable. It might seem um, illogical even. But no matter what, I mean, if you're willing to step out on faith into a new life, then you're actually going to save your life. Because if you're willing to lose your life, the Bible says, or excuse me, not the Bible, but I've heard other people say, uh, in order to have a new life, you have to give the other one away. I've heard it in, in songs and, and different things like that. Mainstream artists even who are saying, you know, if you, if you want to get a new life, you really have to give the other one away. You have to leave it behind you. So it's the idea of stepping out of your Egypt and into your promised land. And, and there's that level of discomfort. There's that level of, of, just stepping out on faith, not knowing what's coming next, not knowing where you're going to go and what you're going to do. Um, those things happen and that's all part of being a Christ follower. But going back, the, the devil really tries to steal us from that power. And by stripping us of our source of power, then he strips us of our authority. And, and that's what he's been doing since the beginning of time. So what he does is he goes into the garden and he's, he says to Eve, who in, in really in retrospect, she's the weaker link, not because she's a female, but because she was kind of second in line. Adam was there first and he had this relationship with God and he was, you know, he had built that relationship. But then Eve came along secondary. It's not... She's not the weaker link because she's a female. Okay, they were equal partners in this. 
But she's the weaker link because she's following Adam who's following the Lord. So it, she doesn't, you know, they're, they're worshiping God together. Don't get me wrong. But she's not following. It's not like God's going, okay, Eve, I want, I'm going to talk to you over here. And then Adam, I'm going to talk to you over here. No, he's talking to Adam who's talking to Eve. Eve is his helper. The Bible says that. It's not good for man to be alone. He needs a helper. So she, she was brought in to help him out. So with that in mind, she becomes the weaker link. It's kind of like you want to you wanna destroy a business, um, go to the weaker links of the business, which would be probably the employees because they're not in, they don't have much authority. They have, as, and, and they can only do so much. So because of that, if you want to destroy something, a business, go to the employee and, and work on the employee and not management. You know, and I'm not advocating for that, obviously, but I'm just saying when you get that mindset, that chain of command, uh, you can see why Eve was the secondary. So I don't, I'm, I want to be cautious to say that because I don't want to, I want you to think that I'm saying Eve was a weaker link because she was a female, because she was a woman. That's not what I'm saying. They were equal partner, but she was there to help Adam. She was following Adam's footsteps. So when, God said, don't eat of the tree. He told this to Adam. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You'll certainly die. So this is information passed from Adam to Eve, which kind of, when you think about it, you're just like, well, I don't, I don't know. This is just what we were told, right? Well, if we eat from it, we're going to die. I, I don't know. This is just what I was told, which when you don't have that, when you're not, when you're not building that relationship you don't have that close-knit relationship or you're you know you're getting the second-hand command i guess you don't really have that relationship enough to know the why you just you're accepting what somebody has told you look god said if we eat from this we're gonna die so who do you think satan's gonna go after the person that doesn't really have isn't really grounded in the knowledge of why. So he goes to Eve and he says, did God really say this? Certainly you're not going to die. It's that God just doesn't want you to know. But the problem is, is Adam standing right there. Like Adam is with her. He not somewhere else. So she eats the fruit and she gives it to him to eat. And and they both eat it because they both now they both have this desire. They're saying, well, God gave us authority, but he didn't give us power. We have to come to him for power. We have to come to him to to get that power. So why, you know, and the devil's going, but if you eat from this, You'll be like God. So you'll have power all on your own. It's not like you're going to, uh, it's not like you're going to die. Like God said, he, he's, he just doesn't want you to be like him. So you have to deal with that. Uh, if you don't eat from this tree, you're just kind of, uh, you're a puppet to God. He doesn't want you to be like him. Well, now their ears are open. And so the devil's kind of broken in and he's, he's taken that, that, that 
He's taken that space where he's he's found the weak part. So he's gone in and then he's tried to remove them from the source of their power then. Because if he can remove them from the source of their power, he can either have dominion over them or he can destroy them. Which ultimately, the devil's goal is to destroy. The Bible says it. he's like a, a prowling lion or whatever. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Not... He comes to just have dominion. That's not it. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Because this is God's creation, first and foremost, not the devil's creation. So by coming in, he's not coming in to usurp God. He's coming in to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he creates, the devil really kind of creates his own. That's why, and this is a whole nother sermon, but this is why you have uh, fallen angels who have come and they have have um, made their way with the daughters of men. The Bible says so. Um, they had relations with with earthly women, and they created this new breed of people. They were giants. They were called Nephilim. You can read about it in Genesis six, uh, which kind of alludes to them. And then, uh, again, a whole other sermon, which we can get into that, you know, some other time, but which I plan to, by the way, um, I don't think that you should be, you know, away from that or have no knowledge of it whatsoever. So, um, we'll get into that too. But, you know, this idea is that the devil come, he wants to steal, he wants to kill, he wants to destroy, he wants to take you from your power, your source of power so that he can destroy you. Same thing with Samson and Delilah. You can kind of see that whole story unfold that way is that they, she wants to destroy him because she's a Philistine. She wants to help the Philistines. They're all afraid of him. They're at war with the Philistines. And Samson is essentially, he's like their Goliath, right? You remember when David and Goliath were fighting everybody, all the Israelites were afraid of the Philistines because of Goliath, just one man. Well, in the time of Samson, it was kind of reversed. So all of these people are afraid of Samson, who's an Israelite. Well, so they want to know, how can we destroy this Samson? So they find the weakest link, which is women for Samson. And they go in and they, they, um, get Delilah to figure out where his weak point, well, his strength is. So Delilah is his weak point. So they use the weak point to kind of infiltrate and to get in to find his strength, his power. So, and then when they do that, they cut him from his power. What's power was the Lord. And and the Lord, you know, he had that instruction from the Lord. And he knew that that was instruction from the Lord. And so she came in and cut him from that power. It's, it's, it's really an illustration of what the devil tries to do to us is our power and our, our source of power comes from God and God alone. You know, we, as, as uh, a people who have been grafted in, we, as a people who are Christian, we have that power because of the blood of Jesus. So, you know, we're talking about that source of power. That source of power is the blood of Jesus. Um, and so I want to talk to you a little bit because Jesus himself actually showed his own authority and that we can read about it in Matthew seven and verse 24. 
he's been talking about a tree that doesn't produce fr- fruit versus a tree that does produce fruit. He's talked about the narrow gate and versus the wide gate. So, you know, many will seek the narrow gate, but, but, um, few will enter it because the gate is small. The way is narrow. It leads to life. Uh, but the, the gate is wide that goes to destruction and many people will enter through that gate, but many people will enter through the small gate or I'm sorry, a few people enter through the small gate, which is the narrow gate that leads to life. And then again, the, the tree and the fruits. And, and then he says this in verse 24, therefore, anyone or everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the word or the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and great was its fall. Then it says in verse 28, when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as one of their scribes. So he was coming in with this sort of authority to to show you what the word of god really truly meant then you kind of get get over to chapter 11 i believe let me see no chapter 10 i'm sorry chapter 10 and it talks about jesus giving and i kind of alluded this on on sunday but it talks about um Jesus kind of summoning the 12 disciples to go out. So it says Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now the names of the 12 disciples are these, the first Simon, who is called Peter and Andrew's brother, James and John, uh, the son of Zebedee, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. The twelve Jesus sent out after... Now, isn't that something, by the way? That all twelve of them, including Judas Iscariot, who was going to betray him, he gave him authority to to uh, over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So this one, Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him, even had that authority... And it says, so they were sent out after instructing them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles, do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Uh, Freely you received, so freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts or a bag for your journey, or even two coats or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worthy of his support. Whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it, and stay at that house until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But if it's not worthy, take it back, or take back your blessing of peace. Um... Whoever does not receive you, nor heed your words as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment 
than for that city. So Jesus has given them authority. He's given them power to not only cast out demons, but to heal the sick, uh, to heal them from every kind of sickness and disease. And um, in doing so, they were to spread the, the gospel, the good news. And it says, uh, you know, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. And you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Now catch this. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given to you in that hour you are to say. So in other words, and he goes on, for it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit Excuse me. It is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. So what he was saying is, here's the. This is now power and authority that I have granted. Uh, I have granted you authority to go out and do these things. Well, when this happens, uh, you are going to receive the power that you you need, and it's going to come directly at the right moment, at the right time, from the right source, and that source is the Holy Spirit. Um, and then he goes on and talks about you know, what's going to happen, brother against brother, father against child, and so on and so forth. And then he talks about the meaning of discipleship and um, all those things in Matthew 10. But then he says, uh, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives, this is verse 40, chapter 10, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. So the rewards are great um, for going and being a servant of the Lord and to receive Jesus and to receive the Father. Um, you know, having said all that, Jesus gives us power. He gives us authority to, to go out and do the things, the work of the Lord. And I just wonder even nowadays, I mean, for many years, really, I think the church has been very complacent, you know, and I think that we've relied on maybe a pastor or we've relied on our Sunday school teacher. or We relied on, you know, somebody who we deemed as being called to ministry in some way, shape or form, we've relied on them to feed us. We've relied on them to, to sort of be our mediator between us and God. And the fact is all of us are called to be disciples. All of us are called to, to in our own way, step out of faith. I'm not saying that we're all called to do the same things, you know, we're not necessarily all called to, to step out and be pastors, you know, some are called to be pastors, some are called to be teachers, some are called to be prophets, some are called to evangelize, um, just all different kinds of things that God calls us to do. But if we're not willing to listen, if we're not willing to heed, um, that calling in our life, then really, we're not really receiving Jesus. We're not really receiving that reward either. And it's a slap in the face because he's trying to give us authority. He even gave Judas Iscariot authority to go out and to do these things. What a huge slap in the face that Judas would then betray him. It's kind of like, almost like Adam and Eve in the garden gave him this authority over the whole earth. And then they betray God by disobeying him and eating from the knowledge of good and evil. It's like saying, I don't trust you, Lord. I don't, 
I don't trust you. I don't trust the power that comes from you. I would rather have the power myself and do and go about my business myself. And, and that can't be true for us. We have to understand that the source of, of our power is the Lord. Our source of our power comes from the Holy Spirit. And, and we have that access because we have the Holy Spirit in us because we've received Jesus. The Bible says, he who receives you receives me. Jesus is talking. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me, meaning the Father. So if we, because we've been saved, if we receive that blood, the power of the blood, then we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we should be operating in is the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, it doesn't it doesn't mean it has to look like you know, some Pentecostal service. I mean, it really doesn't. So, you know, what are we doing here? Are we just being complacent? Are we just um, sitting back and hoping, you know, waiting for Sunday service to roll around and feel good about Sunday service? And then throughout the week, we do our own thing. You know, what are we waiting on? What are we doing? Adam and Eve, I can only imagine that they, they waited impatiently for the Lord to come so that they could be in his presence. I can only imagine that before all sin entered the world, uh, after their disobedience, I can only imagine that they sat and they waited and hoped for that whole thing to just come to pass. Um, you know, for, for God to come and they can, they could be in his presence. That to me would be the most amazing thing because when they were stripped of that, when they were kicked out of Eden and stripped, uh, from the ability to just be in the presence of the Lord. You know, can you imagine, can you imagine being in an awestruck position and then having that taken away from you because you decided to take matters into your own hands? You thought that you could be like God. Well, that's not really what you wanted in the first place. We do that sometimes with relationships. I think we think the grass is greener on the other side. We find somebody that we really love and we think the grass is greener on the other side. And so we take our own, our own path. And then we find out, no, we, we really messed up. Um, <clears throat> I think people do that. And I think, uh, you know, it happens in relationships. It happens in jobs. It happens in, you name it. I mean, everywhere you look. So I think in order to step out, you have to be willing to step out on faith to know that you're making the right decision, not based on what you want, but based on what God wants, you know, whether it is getting out of a relationship or whether it is taking a new step in a new position, uh, a new place of work, whether it's, you know, being called to ministry or whether it's, you know, whatever you have to know that you're stepping out on faith and you know that, you know, you know, in your heart, the right path to take and, and you're taking it because you know that this is what God wants you to do. This is the path that God wants you to take. Um, that's the that's the goal is to always walk in faith and to walk in that authority that you've been given. But you only get it because you are saved. And so not only to walk in that authority, but to walk in that power. And when you walk in that power, um, you know, the Bible says all things are possible for him who believes. Mark 9.23. Um, you know, he says, if... He says, I tell you this, that all things are possible for those who believe. And so the guy goes on to say, well, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. And um, I think that's where we're at now is I do believe, 
Lord, but help me in my unbelief. I don't want to doubt. I don't want to be like Adam and Eve in the garden and, and let that doubt come in. And then I, I just totally take the wrong fruit. I don't want to be that person. And I know that you don't want to be that person. So it's a matter of just, it's a matter of learning to get in the presence of the Lord, read the word of God. You know, that's read a chapter a day. If you need to read a verse a day, if you need to, whatever it takes, um, and just kind of meditate on it and just think about it for a little bit. Just how does this apply? And maybe you struggle with that. And if you do, you know, that's okay. Um, we can work through that for sure. And that's not a problem, but just to be able to read the word and I'll just allow it to sit and simmer with you, you know, and we can find some good starting places. If you, if you need help, definitely uh, get a hold of me and we can work through it and we can find a good starting point for you. Uh, there's good resources out there and um, they will help you kind of get into the word and just to allow the word to sort of settle within you. And the more you read the word and the more you, you learn to open your ears, your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes to the Lord, the more that you begin to hear him and hear his prompting. And the more you begin to walk by faith. And even when you know, you know, certain truths, like let's say, you know, you know that this path over here is one that you're supposed to take, but right now it just doesn't look that way. Or, you know, that, you know, something's going to happen over here, but right now in the natural and the physical, it just doesn't look that way. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So we just need to learn that if we know in our hearts something to be true, then we're going to have to follow through with it and, and take the process and step out on faith with it and just go with it. Um, but we've been given that power and authority to do so. And I pray that you would seek that power and authority, not for your own gain, but for the glory of the Lord. And um, I know in the end that it's it's going to be good for you. It's going to be good for all of us. And I know that um, the Bible says that the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. So I just pray that you're one of the workers who are ready to to really receive that harvest. So I hope that this message has been good for you and I hope it's gotten a little bit deeper and um, can't wait till next week and uh, we'll see what God has in store for us then. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you at Sunday service at 930 a.m.